All right, welcome to tonight's class. Today's a very, very special class. Um, it's our Kabbalah series where we discuss different, we, te- we learn different teachings of the Rebbe. So we're learning a Hasidic discourse from the Rebbe. I'd like to give the class a name, and the name of the class is To Live Forever. Who would not want to live forever? We all would want to live forever. So this class um, is actually in honor of the Rebbe's Rebetzin, who her anniversary of her passing is Chav Shvat, which is this coming uh, Monday. And it's actually the 32nd yard set of hers. <coughs> 32nd. It's, it's amazing how time flies. But it's the 32nd yard site. Now, this discourse, actually, the Rebbe said on the fifth day of the month of Av, in the year Tafshin Chav Hei. So we're talking about 55 years ago. Now, he said it then when he finished saying Kaddish for his mother of blessed memory. His mother's name was Rebetzin Chana. Now, so the Rebbe said this 55 years ago. Fast forward after the Rebetzin passed away 32 years ago. So the Rebbe then edited and certified this discourse. It means he gave his seal of approval that it was written down well, and, it was, and he gave his notes to it, and so on and so forth. So, the name of the discourse is based on a, ver- a verse in the uh, in the prophets, Prophet Isaiah, and the prophet says like this: "Bila hamaves lanetzach, umacha Hashem dima mialkaponim," which means Hashem will destroy death forever. I mean, think about this. For us, death. That's the way it was. You know, people lived 120, some a little younger, a little older, but that's more supposed to be the, supposed to be the average lifespan. The prophet says that one day, no one's going to die. And if you're not going to die, it means you're going to live forever. So, um, we all want that. Now, the question over here is, how's that going to be? I mean, we know today, people live and people die. What's, ha- what's going to happen all of a sudden that people are going to live forever? So the um, Rebbe Maharash, the fourth Chabad Rebbe, so he explains that um, when Mashiach comes, when Mashiach comes, death is going to stop, and he gives a reason. He explains the reason. What's the reason why death is going to stop and people are going to live forever? He says because the unclean spirits are going to vanish. So in other words, he, he bases it on a verse. The verse is from the prophet Zechariah, and the prophet says like this, The spirit of impurity, God's going to take away from the earth. There's not going to be any more impurity. So since there's not going to be any more impurity, therefore there's not going to be death anymore. Mm. In other words, like this. So you see clearly what the Reverend Rosh is saying is that when there won't be any impurity, then there won't be any more death. So what does that mean practically? So here the Rebbe is going to explain, he says like this, that um, we know in the beginning of the Bible, what was the first sin, the primordial sin? The sin, Hebrews called the sin of the eight Sadas, when they ate from the tree of knowledge. God said not to eat it. They went ahead and they ate it. And that caused sin to come, death to come into the world. In other words, like this. Up until then, people were going to live forever. When they sinned, that's what caused death to happen. So there's a connection, you see, between sinning and death. Because they sinned, there's death. If they didn't sin, there wouldn't be death. So you see there's a direct connection between what? Between sinning and death. So now the question like this, 
we have to analyze or try to understand in a deep way what is it that we're saying that sin causes death. Why does sin cause death? Someone does something wrong, they should die? So Rebbe explains like this. What is the sin? We know the technical sin, but what, what, what did the sin create? So Rebbe explains as follows. That when they sin with the, tr- the sin of the, of the tree of knowledge, up until that time, there was good in the world, and there was bad in the world. In Hebrew, there was toiv, which is good, and there was ra. It's not a new phenomenon. When Hashem created the world, He created us with free choice, so He created good, and He created ra, He created evil. Up until they sinned, there was a clear distinction. This was good, this was bad. So therefore, what did you, what did you choose in life? You choose good, because it's good. Would you choose ra? Would you choose evil, bad? Why would you? If you know this is good and this is bad, there's no, there's no issue. But what happens is, when they sinned, then there became a whole, in Yiddish they call it a chalant, but in English they call it an intermingling of Ra and Toiv got totally mixed up. That means up until the sin, Toiv was separate, Ra was separate, good was separate, evil, bad was separate. Once the sin happened, and this is very powerful, and really it's eye-opening, every single thing in the world is a mix. There's no purity anymore. So if, he, if something is great, there's a little bit uh, evil in there, a little bad in there. Something's bad, you can find some good in there too. Pros and cons. But the point is there's no more purity of just good, and there's no more purity of just bad. Now you have, what, a total mix of good and bad. Now, once you have a mix of good and bad, so now let's look at what the Torah says. The Torah says like this. I'm quoting from the Bible. Viata now. Pen Yishlach Yodoi, Hashem says, I'm afraid, concerned they're going to take their hand. Velakach, and they're going to take Gami Eitzachayim's before they sinned. Viachal, and they're going to eat from it. Bechay they're going to live forever. Hashem <coughs> says clearly, what's his concern? He gave us a whole world. He gave us certain trees, don't touch it. But I'm, ner- I'm concerned they're going to take it. They're going to eat it. And now they're going to live forever. So the question is one second. Hashem doesn't want us to eat from the tree of knowledge. We get that. Hashem wanted us to live forever. So why is he mixing the two? We shouldn't eat from the tree of knowledge. If we do, uh uh-oh, whatever Hashem wants to do to purify us. But what's the connection that we shouldn't live forever? Why is he giving such a strong punishment? And if you give a look at the verse, further says, I'll read it, Umi'etz hadas, from the tree of knowledge, etc. Lo yisaychal, don't eat it. Ki biyoyim achal because the day you eat it, you're going to die. So the question is, you're seeing Hashem is making it clear that if you eat, you're going to die. Hello, why, why do you have to die? Someone sins, that's it, we cut him off. We all know Hashem, has, Hashem is all about the, 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 the uh, tshuva, repentance. You can eat it, and you, repentance. Shem no, 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 you're going to die. Why is that? So the Alter Rebbe, the first Chavari, explains like this, based on what we, just, what we just explained. What happened by the sin? There came a mix of good and evil, good and bad. That means that every single thing in the world, you have a mix. 
So therefore, up until the sin of the Eitzadas, were we supposed to live forever? Yes, we'd live forever. Mankind would live forever. If mankind lives forever, is that a good thing? If that's right, that would be a great thing. We'd live forever. Depends if they're nice to me or not. For sure they're going to be nice to you. It's all good, right? <laughs> so you would live forever. It's a good thing. The problem now is, now think, it's so logical, and it really makes sense. The minute they sinned, now what got mixed in? Bad with the good, back to you saying they're going to be nice to you, good with the bad. So now, if the good lives forever, that's okay, because they're going to be nice to you. But what happens within the good is bad, now when the good lives forever, the bad lives forever, and now they're going to bother you. Are you going to like that? No. So therefore, because the bad is going to live forever, therefore Hashem said, no, 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 once you eat it, I'm going to have to cut you off. Not because I don't love you, because I don't like the bad, and I don't like the Ra, and I don't want the Ra to live forever. You got it? So once there's a mix, Hashem doesn't want the bad to live forever. So therefore, so now you see the connection why the sin of the Eitz caused death. It's literally like the sin itself caused a death. Because the sin caused that the Ra should be mixed in, and therefore death has to go. So now the question is, okay, I get it. It got mixed in. The bad with the good got mixed in. And you don't want the, the bad to live forever. Why death? Why is it so important to have the idea of death? So the Rebbe explains like this. That there's something which is called Kedusha, holiness. And there's something which is called Klippa. The opposite of holiness, impurities, etc. Now, Kedusha, what's Kedusha all about? Kedusha is all about life. Kedusha, holiness, is all about life. Being happy, living, being excited, passionate, that's Kedusha. What's the opposite of Kedusha? Huh? Depression. So it could be literal death and, and different stages of death. Depression, being sad, that's all a drop in life force. So in, in Kedusha, life is where? One to ten, one being the lowest, ten being the highest? A ten. Because in Kedusha, we're always happy. We're always living, we're always alive, we're always excited about life. Life is great. So if you, we all want to be in the, in the level of Kedusha. We want to we be alive. And as we're alive, we're keeping our Kedusha, our holiness strong. Now, what happens... God's in the opposite world of Kedusha, in the world of Klipot. <laughs> only problems, only complaints, only being critical. Two different worlds, literally like two different worlds. When you see passion, you see excitement, you know it's coming from a place of Kedusha. Again, remember that we learned before, today's everything's mixed, so you can have some negativity also, you becoming also, it doesn't, it's not, say nothing's really, really 100% pure. But generally speaking, the way it should be is Kedusha's, Kedusha's life. Kedusha is passion, excitement. The opposite of Kedusha, death. Ra is death. So anywhere you have bad, you're going to have you're going to have death on all mm -hmm. many many levels. So what happens is like this: the minute they sinned, what do they cause? They cause a, a spiritual death. Once there's a spiritual death, that leads to a physical death. So you see the connect. It's not that God's Hashem is punishing. The minute you sin, that means you're going into the opposite of Kedusha, and the opposite of Kedusha is not life. The opposite of Kedusha is, is death. 
Now, so that's, so to speak, the world we're living in right now. And as what, is, what we are living, unfortunately, as a byproduct of and the sin of the first sin that caused, unfortunately, a lot of tumor in this world, a lot of mixing with holy, with 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 uh, good and evil. Hashem wants to get rid of the evil because evil because uh, the opposite of holiness is death, spiritual and physical death. And if we have that, what's the ultimate goal? Because it almost sounds like kind of like, hello, how are we getting out of this, right? What's the ultimate goal? The ultimate goal is, as the prophet says, be that death is going to be taken away. What does that mean? We're going to live forever. How are we going to live forever? And the answer is very simple, because all the ra, all the evil, all the negativity is going to be totally nullified. Now, once, I'm talking on a spiritual level. Once the ra and the negativity and, and all the, the is, gets nullified, then what happens is, then you have life. And there's not going to be any more physical death automatically. So it was, we know in Judaism, the spiritual causes the physical. So if you want to get rid of the physical, you want to deal with it on the spiritual level. So on the spiritual level, what causes death? Ra. When ra goes away on the spiritual level, so therefore it goes away on the physical level, and then you have life. Okay. So what did we just learn, looking forward to the day when Mashiach comes? And when Mashiach comes, you know what's going to happen? As the Prophet says, There's not going to be any more death. And we can eat pork. And there's not going to be any more Ra. There's not going to be Ra. Right? Let's, there's not going to be any more Ra, not any more evil, no nothing. Correct? Now, why is that? Why is that? Because there's going to be a great revelation. When there's a great revelation, then all the negativity automatically goes away. And it was like this. When Mashiach comes, what's going to happen? The huge light's going to go on. Which huge light? Hashem. In other words, what we're going to see and what we're going to feel, we're going to feel in a real tangible way, only the presence of Hashem. Everything and everywhere. So what happens when the presence of Hashem is felt in a strong way, I don't mean 1 to 10, 10, I mean off the charts. When Hashem's presence is felt, do you for a moment, could you even experience anything negative? Anything bad? There's no room for it. There's no room for it. When the light is so strong, there's no room for anything negative. So what's going to happen is when Mashiach comes, the light's going to be so strong. When the light is so strong, there's no Ra. And there's no Ra, and there's no negativity, and there's nothing bad. Automatically, there's no spiritual death, and there's no spiritual death. Automatically, you're going to be alive. So the, the winning lottery is what? Hashem's great light that's going to be felt and strong in this world. That's the winning lottery ticket. So here, the, the Rebbe comes and he says like this. Okay, what are we saying? The great light, that's what we need. So let's go back, let's go back in time. We had two temples. In the times of the temple, God was revealed. Not only in times of the temple, let's look in times of King Solomon. We all know King Solomon. In times of King Solomon, godliness was revealed. Matter of fact, his name was Solomon, comes from the word of Shlomo. That means in his time, peace was natural. Shalom comes from Shalom. Peace was now because the light was so great. So if the light was so great in the times of the both temples, and specifically in the time of the first temple, and in the time of King Solomon, 
So how come then there was death? How did Ra exist over there? So the Rebbe explains, the truth is the light was very, very strong and very, very great. But as great as it was, there was still room, and I'll say it in Hebrew, and I'll translate it, there was still room for yinikas hachitsoinim, which means that negative forces were able to leach into that light. It means as strong as it was, but there was still room for some negativity to creep in. Not necessarily an active, you know, uh, negative force, but they were able to leach off. And, and, and that's what's called klipot. So there was yinikas hachitsoinim. Not necessarily from, we call it in Kabbalah, from Panim, like from a direct leeching off, but Acharayim, they able to somehow, from the back doors, from the roof, from the exhaust pipe, somehow they able to they able to connect into that light, and because they were able to connect that light, so therefore Ra did exist. Mm-hmm. Ra did exist. And because Ra did exist, unfortunately it was death. And as the minute the light goes on, there's no more death, but unfortunately it wasn't 100%. And as Rebbe gives an example, he says, we all know the famous story in the prophets. If you don't know it, it's a good story to know. And if you know it, just a review. The famous story with, with the, in the time of King Solomon, so there was a queen. Her name was Queen of Sheba. You guys remember the story, the Queen of Sheba? And she was very, very wealthy. Very, very wealthy. On a very big level. And she heard about King Solomon. And as much as she heard, she was blown away by him. Wow. And she went and she loaded up her, uh, her entourage and she bought uh, silver and gold and uh, precious stones and all these different spices. And she came to see King Solomon. Came to see King Solomon. And she met him and she wanted to discuss certain things. I guess maybe he was like the modern therapist in those days. <laughs> and she came and she shared him certain things. And she was blown away. She was blown away about... And she said, whatever she heard about him is maybe 50% of how amazing he is. And she gave all the gifts, and they said the gift that she gave was like a, a historic gift that it was never given such a great gift. So she was totally humbled for King Solomon, it, not even when she wasn't there, and how much more so when she was there. No. So you see that what? That the light was strong. But nevertheless, if the light was so strong, how, how come she was still a queen? If she would have felt the light was so strong, she would have given up her, que- her queenship. And that's number one. And number two is King Solomon himself honored her. That means that he, he did give her some recognition. Not that you shouldn't be respecting, she respected everybody, but he gave her recognition as, as a power. That means you're, you're saying that some, there's another power that exists other than Hashem. So you see that even though King Solomon was so great and she was humble to him, what? They end up together, right? There's one, one opinion, yes, yes, there's one opinion, exactly. There's one opinion, they actually were together, and, that, and from there came out Nukhvat Netzar, that eventually destroyed the temple, 100%, yes, there's a whole story about that. But again, that's the point, that is exactly the point. That's exactly the point, that as great as King Solomon was, it was still unique as There was some, unfortunately, there was some holy powers that got, that got leaked out, and that's why there was death in that time. Oh, However, it says, when Mashiach comes, when Mashiach comes, what's going to happen? No, no, the light's going to be so strong, so strong, there's not going to be room for anyone's ego, not from without, 
not from within, nothing. Now, so there won't be any, in Hebrew it's called no yinikas chitonim, there won't be any leeching out of the power, there won't be any ra, no evil, everything is going to be eliminated. So once it's all eliminated, then what's the only thing we're going to have is the revelation of Hashem, 100% exclusively, no room for any other power. You know what we're going to have then? Three words. Bila hamaves lanetzach. There won't be any more death. Again, because the light is so great, without obviously anything getting in the way. Now, so now, holding tight, guys, because now we're going to get deep and we're going to make it more practical. And we're going to be able to hopefully make it real in our lives. So here we see that there's a big distinction the Rebbe's making between the times of the first and second temple and the times of King Solomon, when the light was pretty strong for the Jewish people, but unfortunately, the revelation wasn't protect, it wasn't exclusively to Hashem, and therefore there was some Ra, and therefore there was death. However, when Mashiach comes, the revelation is going to be 100% Hashem, nothing is going to leach in or leach out, creep in or creep out, and therefore, there's going to be no death, only good, life is great. So what's the difference? So now the Rebbe is going to explain it in a practical way that we can relate to it, but also there's a term in Kabbalah called avoida. Avoida means work, because we all know we were put into this world to do spiritual work. So the Rebbe is going to use an example of spiritual work that we have to do every single day to become closer to God, and that will explain the difference between the times of the two temples, King Solomon, versus the times of when Mashiach comes. So in Kabbalah and Chassidut, they explain, there's two, and I'll say it in Hebrew, and we'll translate and we'll explain them. There's something which is called Sur Meira, two words, Sur Meira, to go away from evil. And the other one is Moyes Meira, means you're disgusted with evil. And this is the practical part. In other words, let's do one at a time. What does Sur Meira mean? Sur means to go away from evil. In other words, there's evil out there, there's bad. We're talking, again, we're talking now personal work. Like we have urges, we have thoughts, we have things that we maybe do or say and so on and so forth. But sur means it's there, but you push, you push it away. You don't engage in it. Now, so the ra exists or doesn't exist? Exists, but I'm like pushing it away. Whether I do it through meditation, through verbal, through whatever, I just push it away. But the ra still exists, but I'm pushing it away. So it exists, but I'm pushing it away. So Rebbe says, and this is like, this is a little scary, but we're going we're to put all the cards on the table. So it goes like this. If there's Ra, that means you have an urge or an impulse to do something, think something, or say something not good. So the Poyol, in actuality, you never did it. Like Tanya speaks about. You never did anything bad. You never said anything bad. You actually never, you never um, obsessed on, on something so bad. But it keeps on coming up and you keep on pushing it away. So the Rebbe says, if it's there, that means subconsciously, or on a concealed level, you do love the Ra. Not you love it and you want it to have a you know, front seat in your life. You still love it. Because if you didn't love it, it wouldn't be there. On some level, you still love the Ra. Because if you didn't love it, it wouldn't be. It's pretty heavy. Think about that. Surmira means I'm pushing it away. I'm pushing it away. So it means it exists. Why does it still exist? Obviously, you like it's like a, 
you like having a uh, backup plan. <laughs> Just in case all else fails, you can have something to be busy with, right? So you love it on some, whatever the, whatever the reason is, but obviously you have some kind of love for it. Like, that, and there'll be quotes, this is actually what we learned in Tanya, about the level of a tzaddik, she'ena gomer. It means that tzaddik, a righteous person, the tzaddik gomer, which we'll talk about in a minute, but a tzaddik she'ena, I mean, he's not complete. What does that mean? A tzaddik she'ena means he never did a sin, he never said anything bad, he never thought anything bad, but, and he, he always pushed away if anything came up, but it's still there. In the subconscious, and in the conceal, it's still there. So if it's still there, that means on some level you still love it. So again, let's make sure we understand what surmirat means. Surmirat means there's ra out there, but I keep pushing it away. So does ra exist or doesn't exist? It exists. Not necessarily, you, God, I'm not saying you did anything wrong, or you said anything wrong, or you thought anything wrong, but it exists. Surmirat means I'm just pushing it away. And again, what Jerry points out is, just to stir the pot a little, but it's the truth, obviously you must love the ra, because if you didn't love the ra, it wouldn't be. That's level number one. We're going to try to go for the higher level. Right? You guys ready for the higher level? Mm -hmm. Okay. The higher level is called moyespera. Moyespera means you're repulsed by bra. You're repulsed by ra. Like, for example, we know what says in Tanya, there's a tzadik gomer. A tzadik gomer means he's totally repulsed by ra. There's no room for it. Ra does not exist. You hate it, you're repulsed by it. Moyisbara means not in this house. It's like, you know, think about in your house about dirt. If it gets dirty, you push it out, or you're repulsed by the dirt. You can relate to what I'm saying? The same idea. Now, so the Rebbe says, this idea of, again, either surmira or Moyisbara, it doesn't, there's no room for it, is the same idea as what took place in the times of the first temple and the second temple and King Solomon versus the time when Mashiach comes. In the first temple and the second temple in the times of King Solomon, Surmira, the light was huge, Hashem reigned, everyone respected Hashem. But was there right out there? There was right out there. We didn't engage it, but it still existed. So obviously, there was some conscious, subconsciously, obviously, some level of love, love for the rod. We still like that, uh, whatever King Shiva had to offer. Read the story in the prophets. However, when the Shia comes, there's no Surmi Ra. It's Moyes for Ra. If it's Ra, it doesn't exist. When you have Hashem, the highest level, who wants to even think and consider? You're totally repulsed by it. Now, now we're going to go a step further. So in Tanya, the author explains like this, that the difference between Surmira and Moisbra, so on one level we explained before is, is how much you hate the Ra. In Surmira, okay, you know, you don't have to kill it, it's okay, let it sit, it's not bothering anybody. In Moisbra, no, I don't want it. Out, I don't have to deal with it at all. That's in reference to how much you hate and repulse the Ra. But now, the author explains, in Tanya even a step further is, that the Surmira process and the Moyesbara process is not only dependent on how much you hate the Ra, or you don't want to have to deal with the Ra. It really, it's deeper. It's how much you love Hashem. It's how much you love Hashem. In the Surmira, okay, I love Hashem, 
right, but have a little room for my, you know, my side kick there. Whatever that means. In, in the level of what? Of my Yisparah, I love Hashem so much, I'm not, I don't want to hear from anything else. So knows the Surmira and the Mayisparah has to do with the level of how much you love Hashem on a positive side. Now, which basically you see, this is the same difference between the life, the spiritual light, the spir- as we mentioned, the spiritual light that took place in the times of the first and second temple in King Solomon versus the Mashiach comes. In the times in the first and second temple, the love for Hashem was there, but not over the top, because you see there's still room for other stuff. It wouldn't register for a second if you love God. If you, if you love God 100%, is there room for to love someone else? No. But if you love God 99.9, there is a point, whatever that point is. And again, it could be 98, so then there's two points already. It all depends. The point is if, there's a, if you have a cup that's a 100% full of love for Hashem, cause is there room for anything else? There's no room for anything else. <clears throat> okay. Now, so again, let's stay focused. The goal is, what do we want? What's the winning lottery? Mashiach comes. The light can be revealed so much. There's not going to be room for anything else or anyone else. Just Hashem himself. We're going to be moyes We're going to love Hashem. That's great. And that's what we all want. And there won't be any death in the world. We'll live forever. And a good life. Peace and happiness. So here, the, the, the Rebbe quotes a teaching from Tanya, which we learned, but we're going to learn it because it's in this class now, that this, that when Mashiach comes, the revelation is going to be so great, that has to do with our avoida, our work now in this world until Mashiach comes. In other words, like this. We create our destiny. If we want that when Mashiach comes, God should be totally revealed, we need to do the work, and now. Because the work that we do now with ourselves, that will cause Hashem to reveal Himself to such a great level that there won't be any room for Ra, and there won't be any room for death. And everybody explains like this. We now... Every one of us, we have two choices. Every day, every hour, every minute. Are we just sumira? <laughs> or are we moyasvara? Are we just staying away from bad? Or we hate it with a passion? Because we love Hashem 100%. So the Rebbe says, if we work on ourselves every single day, no, we don't, we, don't, we not only don't, we, we don't, we're running away from Ra, we despise it. We have nothing to do with it. It's not part of our life. It's nothing to do with us. So what's going to happen then is, Hashem is going to say, ooh, they hate evil. They have nothing to do with it. Guess what? I will not do it evil either. And when Hashem does that, you know what happens? There's no evil. But think of it, we have the power, okay, fine, we're fighting our small battles. For us, it's huge, but it's still our battles, our personal battles. But once we fight our personal ba- battles and we say, no, we have nothing to do with evil, we hate Ra, we have nothing to do with it, Hashem then hates evil, and then when Hashem hates evil, Hashem actually takes rid of the evil. Now, once Hashem gets rid of the evil, what happens then? There's no more Ra. And once there's no more Ra, then what do we, what's, the, what's the net result when there's no Ra in the world? We went Ra-less. We went Ra-less, and then we have Bila HaMavah 
There's no more death. Again, because the death comes from Ra. If Hashem gets rid of the Ra, <coughs> there's, there's no more death. What causes Hashem to get rid of Ra? Our avoider in this world of that we have nothing to do with the Ra, that causes Hashem to do that. Now, so here comes the Revi, and he says, one second. We're putting in a tall order. What's the tall order? That we should be on the level of what? Of a tzaddik gummer. Like the highest level of a tzaddik. One that, not only, okay, I don't want to do this, right? No, no, I hate it. I detest it. I love God, right? And that will cause Hashem to say he detests evil, Ra goes away, and death goes away. But the Rebbe says, hold on a second. We know it says in the Talmud, Hashem saw, Hashem saw that tzaddikim are going to be very few. I mean, it'd be mm-hmm. nice if it can all be tzaddikim, but Hashem saw to be very, very few. In other words, especially what type of a tzaddik, a tzaddik gummer, someone that hates evil. I mean, that's a very high level. Now, obviously, present company excluded. I'm sure every one of us can handle it, right? <coughs> can we all handle it? Come on, let's go. Let's be in all together. Can we all handle it? Absolutely. There you go. Right? We have a... Let's rah-rah the rah. Okay, there you go. Okay. <laughs> now, but, so, but the Talmud says, Hashem says it's going to be very future, they can, especially this high level of a tzaddik gummer, someone that really detests evil. Not only that, we also know even to be a Benoni, which a Tanya, what's, what's the level of a Tanya in the Benoni? Someone that in action doesn't do anything wrong. In speech doesn't do anything wrong. In thought doesn't have any negative thoughts. Okay, fine, he's fighting. He's actually fighting the So even the fighting the Surmeira, it's so that's the level of a Benoni of Tanya. So what's the, the famous Hasidic expression, Halavai, I wish I can be a Benoni. That means I'm wishing it can only be, that's like, so here you're saying a tzaddik, not only a tzaddik, a tzaddik gummer, which is knows very few, a baini is hard to be, and that's already the lower level. But nevertheless, guess what? Could you argue with the prophet? No. But the prophet says that Mashiach is going to come, that there's not going to be any more death. If there's not going to be any death means, there's not going to be any more ra. If there's not going to be any more, it comes because of our avoidah. So obviously, if the prophet says, that means we could, every one of us, whether you're a tzaddik gummer, tzaddik she'ina gummer, or even lower. Because says when Mashiach comes, it doesn't say for one person, no more death. And for one person, death, that's not means death is going to be eradicated forever and for everybody. That means for everybody. So if death is going to be eradicated, that means every one of us obviously could be mo- hate Ra to the point where Hashem is going to get rid of it. So the question is, how do we go about doing that? And here the Rebbe teaches us something so beautiful, and this is one of the biggest gifts, I believe, of Hasidism, that they teach you how we have tremendous power with the power that we can access right now. And there he says like this. And this is really, really beautiful. Every one of us pray. We pray. Now, in prayer, we know prayer is hard to, hard to concentrate in prayer. Matter of fact, it's one of the three things that every single day we struggle with. So says the Talmud. So when we pray, we all have, out of an hour prayer service, and again, I'm not making statistics, if we get five minutes, that's a lot, of like, <laughs> you're one with Hashem, that's, you're doing amazing. If you get 30 seconds, that's pretty good also. But the point is, what we're saying is, we all have moments, special moments during prayer service, like a certain prayer that you like, 
a certain, you know, melody that you like. But we still have certain moments during prayer service that we reach that place where we're one with Hashem. We're so one with Hashem that we literally don't feel anything around us. I'm sure you guys have all felt it at some point, right? Whether it was here in the Chabad house, whether it was in Israel, or wherever, maybe by the OL, the Rebbe. We all have had moments where we reach that, where we're one with Hashem. And we can try to build on it. Now, that is, for example, prayer. We all have moments when we study Torah, you're studying, and you get lost, and you're like literally one with, wow, as Hashem is saying, like, whether it's in a Tanya class, right, a Kabbalah class, you're totally like one with Hashem. Or, for example, when you do a mitzvah. Sometimes you do a mitzvah, oh my gosh, like, whoa. You know, like, sometimes you do a mitzvah, and a mitzvah, mitzvah one of those mitzvahs you don't want to do. It usually works in the mitzvahs you don't want to do. Because the ones you want to do, there's no, there's, no, there's no friction there. But the ones you don't want to do, and you say, you know what, I'm going to do it. What caused you to do it? If you explain logically, no, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. It's the one that you said, you know what, I don't know, I just did it. And all of a sudden you get that smile on your face when you do that mitzvah you didn't really want to do. Now, why'd you do it? Because you felt the light. It's where you don't want to do it, that's where you feel the light. It's when you push that muscle that you didn't want to do it and you do it, something magical, literally something magical takes place. So we all had our moments when we did a certain mitzvah we did not want to do. And you felt like, whoa, it was just me and God. Because the only reason I did it was for Hashem. Because if you did it because it makes sense, I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. Keep on doing those. Because because you know you need to have something to step on. In order, in order to flex the muscle, you have to do the ones that make sense, but then you have to push where it doesn't make sense. So when you push where it doesn't make sense, now all of a sudden, that's when you're really connecting with Hashem. So every time you do a mitzvah that you don't want to do, it becomes magical. Now, or for example, so we discussed prayer, Torah study, doing a mitzvah where you have a special moment. Or for example, Rebbe's giving you a few different... Uh, examples here. When you do it, any simple act, any act throughout the day, but you're, do, you're adding a component which is called the Shem Shemayim. You're doing it for Hashem. It could be eating. So you can eat because it tastes good, or you can say, you know what, I'm eating because I want to sanctify Hashem's name, I'm making a blessing, I'll have energy to work, I'll have energy to help, whatever it may be. You go, you're going shopping, you can do the Shem Shemayim, I'm doing it for Hashem. I'm here to help Hashem. Or, to take it a step further, it says in Ethics of Our Fathers, And everything that you do, not some of the things, everything you do, you should know Hashem. So in other words, so those five examples, prayer, Torah study, mitzvah, and you do it just because you want to connect to Hashem. So at that special moment, what exists in your world besides you and Hashem? Nothing. Nothing. Not the right, not the left, not up. You, nothing. Nothing exists. In other words, you're totally dedicated at that moment. Focus. You're totally dedicated at that moment to Hashem. So at that moment, you know what you are at that moment? This is the beauty of Chassidus. Chassidus says at that moment, you know what you are? I'll say it in Hebrew, I'll translate it, but you'll probably get the Hebrew also. You're a tzaddik gomer. You are a complete tzaddik. You get it? No, this is extremely important. This is the beauty of chassidus. Because it teaches you, don't give up. Because that hour that you prayed, but you got that five minutes, two minutes, that you were one with Hashem, or the Torah study, or that mitzvah that you were like, wow, I, I got it. Or that moment, when you are totally focused, you and Hashem, you know what happens then? You are a tzaddik Gomer. You are a tzaddik Gomer. Now, 
we know that when you create that oneness, we're finite. So let's say, for example, it happened 10 o'clock in the morning. So to us, it was 9.55 when it wasn't, 10 o'clock when it was, and 10.05 when it's over. We're finite. So we have a past where it wasn't, the present, and the future. By Hashem, 10 o'clock always existed, always exists, and always will exist. So that moment when you had that oneness experience with Hashem, always was, always is, and always will be. Hashem makes it multiply infinitely that moment. So at that moment, whenever it is that, again, when you connect to that oneness of Hashem through prayer, Torah study, mitzvot, that moment Hashem multiplies backwards, present, and forward, and that causes Hashem to say, wow, the only thing that exists is Hashem. It's 100% pure. There's no ra in that moment. It's 100% toiv. So Hashem says, wow, I'm going to give back that moment of pure toiv with no ra. And that causes what? The experience of, by now you know the three words by heart, bila hamaves lanetzach. So by us connecting to Hashem in that powerful way of oneness with Hashem in those five areas, and Hashem multiplies that, Hashem gives that back to us, and that get, gets rid of all the Ra, and that will bring in only toy, only goodness, and that will cause death to be vanished from the world. Now, that's the goal, and that's our avoider today to cause that to happen. So this is the idea of Bila HaMavah which means like this. Right now, we are in the zone the zones in life. Right now we're in the zone, which is called Avoidas Habirun. Right now we're in the zone of constantly working and transforming ourselves and transforming the world. We are in the transformational process. Unfortunately, right now, until Mashiach comes, good news and bad news, right? You have the good and the bad, it's all intermingled. And because it's good and bad inter, 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 intermingled, and Hashem doesn't want the bad, the ra, to exist forever, so unfortunately we have death today in the world. Why do we have death? Not chas Hashem wants to kill us. Because Hashem wants to eradicate the bad. So think about this. The purpose of death is that the bad should die. The negative part should die. De- the godly soul lives forever. It's that the bad, the ra, has to be eradicated and expunged. And Rabbi says now, because, because the um, ra gets creeped into everything, like everything, everything has some dirt in there. Everything has some evil. Even Sadiqim, the holiest and the righteous people that live the whole life, 100% godly, but they, they had a body. And the body, unfortunately, somehow there's like a disease called Ra that crept into it. So even after they pass away, now what happens to that tzaddik after he passes away, we know that when a person passes away, so you, the soul goes up to heaven, the body goes in the ground, and the body, whatever, it goes back to earth. Coming from earth, it goes back to earth. A tzaddik that never really used his body for anything evil and negative, it doesn't have to go back to earth. It's, it stays 100% whole, 100% whole, 
it could be for hundreds and thousands of years. There's many, many stories where they had to move cemeteries, and they literally, after 100 years, they, the tzaddik, was whole body was 100% complete. A lot of stories. We can go to where the, where the tefillin was. Once there was, a bug, uh, there was some ants ate up the part there because the tefillin wasn't kosher. A lot, a lot of spooky stories. It's, again, we can have another whole class about this. Where are you writing down the classes we're going to have? Okay. But the point is that it's, that it's tzaddik, you, after 100 years, hundreds and thousands of years, the body doesn't decompose. Why? Because the body's unshamed pure. Now, what the Rebbe says, what happens is, before Mashiach comes, the, the body will have to decompose for a few minutes. Why? Because the Ra that's in the body, that got mixed in from the primordial sin, not because of anything that Sadiq did. But just this world has some Ra in there. So we'll have to go get decomposed, and then obviously come back to life again. Now, But here the Rebbe brings a very, very powerful, powerful teaching, Kabbalistic teaching, which totally is, I think, off the charts, but really, really practical also. The Rebbe says like this. What do we just say? Even at Sadiq, you live a whole life, you try to keep your body pure and holy, etc. He'll have to get decomposed. But the Rebbe says, why does he have to get recomposed? You know, because it has to be refined. The Rebbe says that um, this refinement the body needs could be accomplished on a spiritual level when a person behaves in a manner of bitl. Bitl means when a person is humbled. And the Rebbe quotes, it says, nafshi ka'afar lakol tia, that my nefesh should be just like earth to anyone and everything. In other words, when a person practices humility, someone insults you, someone upsets you, and you say, Baruch Hashem, it's all great. You ever try that? Not an easy one. Can we try it now? I'm not going to insult anyone now. But think, think about like if anyone said something, or you, or you got upset about something, right? If something was bothering you, you say, Baruch Hashem, right? Like the Balshamtas taught us to do. That's called bitul. You're being humble in a way that you're like, you're totally becoming like humbled in a real way. And the greater you're, you're humbled and you put on a smile, so the Rebbe says, by doing the practice of bitl, of nafshi ka'afal kaltiya, the body will not have to be decomposed. Because, because what happens is, when a person is practicing bitl, that creates the refinement in the person that creates the purification process, and the, the body does not have to get... Why is the body... Because that, that takes the ride out. So think about it. When someone, God forbid, insults you or upsets you, or you have many reasons why... But nevertheless, you put on a smile, because you know Hashem loves you. You have just now pulled out that ra from the first primordial sin that exists, that bad, that evil, that negativity. You literally pulled it out of you. Without, ha- without do- having to do anything else. Look at the purification process it does, which I think is such a powerful lesson in life, really a takeaway lesson, that if we want to avoid having to go through you know, certain uh, pain and suffering and transforming, pulling out the Ra, just practice nafshi l'kafa l'kaltiya. And that's, many, that's also one of the reasons why we go through challenges in life. Challenges, tests, is to elevate us, to elevate us. Now, 
when Mashiach, when Mashiach comes, right, and Mashiach's going to be revealed, after the resurrection of the dead, as we said, what's going to happen then, the prophet told us, Ruach, Hatuma, Avram, and Aris, there's not going to be any more impurity, there's not going to be any more death in the world. And not only there won't be death in the world, you ready for this? This is very, very powerful. Not, you see, right now, what happens now is, the soul goes to heaven, the body goes down to the earth and gets decomposed, or we said before, if you're a tzaddik, it doesn't, or if you practice humility, it won't. But it says, when Mashiach comes, guess what? Not only is the soul going to live forever, the body will also live forever. What if we don't want this body? The, this one you don't want, maybe. But that one you're going to want because it's going to be transformed. The body will live forever. Why? Because then we're going to experience where Ra is going to be gone. And again, I'm going to say the words again, there will not be any more death in the world, so the body can be alive. All the Ra will be taken out of it. The reason why you don't like that, maybe the body, because there's Ra in there. But if you get rid of the Ra, guess what? You're going to love it. It's not like you don't like the body. You don't like the Ra in it. You don't like the negativity in there. But if you're able to pull that out, life is good. And there he brings, it says, even though in the prophets is a verse that refers to the fact that, the, when, uh, that there will be death. So there he explains, first of all, it's not referring to the Jewish people, that's number one. And number two, he says is that even the, the death that's going to be there, it's not necessarily talking about physical death. It's talking about when someone goes through a urethra. In other words, when someone's ego gets shattered, that's a death too. And so it doesn't have to be a physical death. And the, your ego gets shattered. That is basically, um, th that, that's a death. Because you were in a high level, so you thought. You got shattered. You came down to a lower level. That's a death because the higher level died. And now obviously what? You are on a low level. So what will happen is when Mashiach comes, our bodies will be elevated. And they will live just like our soul lives. And maybe even higher. They'll even live higher. And the very quotes the verse, it says, in the cave at the slave of Gover, that the feminine water, the body, will actually be greater, we'll see. It, we'll see the greater greatness of the body over the soul. Now, when will this happen? Again, back to the point, when Mashiach comes, this is going to be in a revealed way, and um, we're going to have the true and complete redemption with Mashiach, obviously, very, very soon. So this is a very, 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 I think, a powerful Kabbalistic uh, teaching, but I think there's a lot of beautiful takeaway messages. And number one is, first of all, we have good times coming. All the Ra is going to go away, and we're only going to have you know God's light. And once you have God's light, there's not going to be any more death, not going to be any more suffering. It's only everything's going to be great and wonderful. But more important, I think we we know here what our vote is. Our vote is to try to take those moments and create those special moments in prayer. Those special moments in Torah study, special moments in doing a mitzvah, special moments in the Bechaldur Chachad Ayy, try to bring God in everything, because when you do that, Hashem, that moment you're at Tzadikamur, and Hashem multiplies that, and you're creating Hashem to want to give us all this great light, and as the great light comes in, you know what happens? All the terrible things go away. And I think there's another important lesson here that. If we ever go through a tough time, just remember, if we're able to be humble and accept it with love, we will avoid, we will help the process of getting rid of all the negativity and the evil that's in the physical world, and we're, we'll be fixing the original sin, unfortunately, and this way we won't have, we'll only have light, happiness, and greatness in this world. So let's hope and pray we all merit to see the greatest revelation of Hashem, 
And when we have the greatest revelation, we'll have true simcha, true happiness, a, a true life that we're going to live all forever, our souls and our bodies together with Mashiach Tzidkenu. Amen. Amen. Amen.